0: This is episode number 24 with Annie Nelson. Welcome to American Snippets, your source for inspirational, motivational, and selfless stories and interviews from exceptional people across the nation. And now, here's your hosts, Barb Allen and Dave Brown. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the American Sippets podcast. I'm your co-host, Dave Brown, and we are really excited and grateful to have you here today. We have another amazing show for you. Uh, a terrific guest. Her name is Annie Nelson. Uh, but before we get to Annie, I uh, just want to remind you to subscribe uh, to our podcast on iTunes. Share this with a friend. Uh, leave us a review. Uh, tell us how we're doing, what you think of the podcast and our episodes. Uh, reviews are how we get found. So, It's really important and it'd be really helpful to us. And if you're a first-time listener, a new subscriber, and and you want a a better sense of of what our podcast and our show is all about, uh, well, we we feature stories of exceptional people doing extraordinary things throughout the country. Uh, These are people essentially who are, in one way or another, living, defending, or promoting the American dream. So these are people who are giving back to veterans, who are paying it forward in their Communities, uh, entrepreneurs who are giving folks a vehicle to pursue their own dreams and live a life of freedom and becoming entrepreneurs in their own right. Uh, So, these are the kind of stories and people that we feature here. And a perfect example of this is our guest today. And her name is Annie Nelson. Annie is a survivor in the truest sense of the word. First, she survived a violent workplace assault. Then she had to battle two life-threatening brain tumors. And the lingering injuries and after-effects of her traumas are something Annie has to live with each day. But Rather than dwell on her struggles, she uses her experiences as a reason to help others. And today, Annie is a dynamic force in the world of veteran advocacy, calling upon her sense of patriotism and the network she built in the entertainment industry to create and implement powerful resources for military families. In 1996, Annie Nelson, a former television broadcaster, model, and fundraiser, founded Angels Within. This was originally envisioned as a service organization, but Angels Within has now become much more. It's now recognized and known as the American Soldier Network. Now, here is Barb Allen with Annie Nelson and her amazing story.
1: Hi, I'm Barb Allen. Welcome to another episode of American Snippets. We are here today with our guest, Annie Nelson. Annie is the founder of the American Soldier Network, which is a nonprofit established for advocacy for military families. She goes wherever this advocacy takes her, from dirt roads to red carpets, Earning not only awards for her work, but the utmost appreciation for the people she impacts. Annie, we are so glad to have you here today. You are a, a really multifaceted person and story. There's so much to get into. I don't even know where to start. For someone like me who loves doing stories on people like you, you are like a candy store full of experiences. I don't even know which one which one to pull off first. And because you have so many, so many areas, you got all the good, all the good candy. <laughs> So, um,
2: since we both like sugar, I
1: know, I know, who doesn't, right? So we'll start. We'll start first. We'll go into um, the American Soldier Network, and then we'll dial it back a little bit because I want to make sure you know we really have the opportunity to dig into that. Because you're doing so many amazing things. I want to talk about the oath you have people taking, which I saw that video and the oath up there, and that. With the work that I do with veterans and the families I meet, that is something that struck me as so powerful. And I want to make sure we get to that. But tell us first, I know the American Soldier um, Network started off as another organization, which you evolved mm-hmm. and grew into this. So tell us what yeah. your, your focus is with this organization, which is a 501c3, right?
2: Yes, we are. Okay, <laughs> And we always have been, I mean, we started in 1996 as angels with Skin because I back then um, had an injury of my own. I was a flight attendant and I was beaten up by passengers who broke my back on the plane in the air. And when I was down <laughs> rehabbing from that, I didn't even know that part, part. <laughs> <laughs> a little minor bump in the road. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was rehabbing from my injury, I was volunteering for, um, I flew for Southwest Airlines, and their charity of choice is the Ronald McDonald House Charity. And so when I was rehabbing for, for my injury, um, I was volunteering and I was spending a lot of time at Children's Hospital here in Orange County, California. And what I found was when I was doing my visits, there were a lot of children in the hospital that were terminal and didn't have anybody visiting. Mom and dad had to work. And I learned that a terminal illness, whether it be for a child or someone long term, like an adult, uh, people that are surrounding them have to get back to life. They can't just put life on hold and be there 24-7. And so. I, In my naivety of the nonprofit industry back in 1995 and 94, um, I went to the house manager at Ronald McDonald House and said, well, where's Make-A-Wish? Where are all these different nonprofits? And they're like, well, that's not their mission. Right. And so unbeknownst to me back then was, you know, you have to be mission specific and you have to stay, as you know, specific to that, whatever right. that is for the 501c3. And so when we started Angels Within, because I believe everyone has their own Angel Within, um, we did not. There was no intent of becoming a a funding powerhouse in the nonprofit industry to do anything like that. We were just going to give time. But in order to give time, you had to formally become an organization so that you could go give time. So that's how it started back then. And we were dormant in the eyes of the IRS. We just gave time to children um, in the nonprofit arena where we would go to hospitals, we'd go to senior citizen homes, and we were just an organization that gave time. didn't have the... um, the connection to the military family. My dad was drafted, but um, he was too tall to
1: serve. He was six foot nine. Too, and so I, I didn't know there was such a thing as too tall. To, I've never heard that before.
2: Yeah, he was too tall. And then my mom had two brothers who did serve. They were in the Korean conflict. One was um, both in the army side, but they never talked about their service from their generation. My grandfather, who was deceased before I was born, served on the beaches of Normandy, wow. but I never knew my grandpa. And so I didn't really have a, a personal connection with anyone serving after 9-11, but I wanted to do something. I just didn't know how. And so um, I had found a postcard that my grandpa wrote my grandma from the beaches of Normandy. And I thought, well, I could pen pal. So back in 2004, 2005, I had started pen paling three Marines that served at Camp Pendleton, because that's the closest base to me here in North Carolina, California. And these young men were um, deployed in Iraq. They grew up in Illinois, which is where I did most of my younger years. I was born in Minnesota, grew up in outside of Chicago in Palatine, and they were from down by Peoria, and these young men became my everything, being single, um, an only kid. uh, They were my, Jesse, Tyler, and Adam were my extracurricular activity, and so I would write them, and I wore their dog tags, and it kind of snowballed. My friends, my family, my church all kind of got involved in the action, and we started sending packages and doing everything that people did back in 2004. And then um, on December 22nd of 04, I was notified that Jesse and Tyler were sitting back to back in a caravan of five trucks going through Iraq, and they were hit by a suicide bomber. And I was told Jess didn't make it, and Ty was in really bad shape, and Tyler was in Germany. And I didn't know how to process that because, again, being from the outer part Mm -hmm. and not in the community, um, you're not prepared. And I don't think anybody's ever prepared, but you don't have all the resources around you and surrounding you to get that kind of news and I didn't know him, their families. So I didn't really know where to process that information mm-hmm. other than my pastor mm-hmm. and my friends. And it was so close to Christmas, you're kind of like, did yeah. they get my pastor yeah. before it happened? Did they not? That kind of thing. So I bundled up all my letters from Jesse and I um, sent them to his folks with a thank you letter because I thought if that was my 19 year old, that would be a neat keepsake to have. Oh my and gosh. An I didn't send a sympathy card because when you're standing at Hallmark, there is no sympathy card for parents that you've never met. Right. And so I sent a thank you letter to his parents with all of my keepsakes. And I thought, thank you for your family service, because he was such an amazing guy. And he would you know, write Bible scripture, and he'd draw sketches in his cards. And so I did that, and I sent him to his folks. And then I just kind of went about Christmas. And I didn't hear anything back, and I knew Ty was in Germany, so I sent my stuff. Tyler. And Adam was still fighting the fight in Iraq. And then about two weeks after New Year's in 05, I got a phone call on my cell and it was a woman's voice. and She said, Annie, this is Jesse's mom. And me being the dork that I am got all excited and hi, oh my gosh, how are you? And I was going zero to 90. Mm -hmm. And she was very short and abrupt and not warm and fuzzy. She was very cold. And she said, "Um, this is Paula and I'm at Brook Army Medical Center. Jesse survived that blast. He's here at Brook, He's facing double amputation. He's burned oh. over 80% of his body, and he's asking for his pen pal, will you come? And so the next thing I know, I said yes, and the Marine Corps was flying me to um, Brook Army Medical Center in San Antonio, and yeah. I had never been to a VA, let alone an Army facility. Mm-hmm. And I remember going down the escalators, if it was yesterday, this was in 2005, and there was a, a, a soldier in fatigue down at the, or in his camis, I guess you'd call them nowadays, at the end of the escalator with the sign with my name on it. And I I was going down that escalator thinking, Oh, I am in so far over my head right now, but we're just going to roll with it. So, um, I did. And I stayed at the Fisher house. And when I was there, Tyler was there. He had made it from Germany back wow. to the Fisher house. And Jesse was there and his, both of their families. And today, um, Jesse is a single leg amputee below the knee. He's married with three children doing outstanding in Illinois. um, Tyler was was a very famous veteran who came back from the Iraq conflict because he was one of the first who really advocated for this new wave of post 9 11 era veterans. He was on the Oprah Winfrey Show. His magazine was um, People magazine did his wedding. Tyler oh. had lost the majority of his face and his arm. And then a few years ago on Christmas, the guys had a reunion at a local pub that they go to in Illinois, and Tyler slipped on some ice and we actually lost. He hit his head that Christmas night oh, and passed away tonight. So he he battled the demons and won and was doing incredibly and advocating for all of his wow. brothers and then we lost him on ice on Christmas Eve on a Christmas night so that was a tough blow but um, through all of my experience with them and the pen pal ship and the visits at Brook and all the different experiences that were falling in my lap through them um, Jesse and I would visit different guys down at Brook and me being from California and having a, a attachment to the entertainment industry um we would visit guys at brook and back in 05 they didn't have this they didn't no. have social media no nope. smartphones and stuff. they had nothing they had completely different a world yeah and tv we had AOL instant messenger and that was about it <laughs> yeah. and um yeah. we would go into rooms and jesse would be like dude she lives in hollywood and i'd be like no 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 no, no. it's orange county yeah. and he'd be like well she's done this that and the other thing and i stayed at the fisher house and um the guys at the hospital were like does America support us? And so that's when I, after a couple trips, came home and told my my lawyer that I knew what I was going to do. And he was kind of looking at me like, oh, here we go. And I said, we're going to change Angels Within and we're going to make it an all nonprofit for veterans. And we're going to put on our big boy pants and, and we're going to do what America needs to do. And we're going to raise money for awareness and change what everybody has, no matter what they're doing in this country. And that's a television. And So the initial intent was when we created American Soldier Network. We refiled all of our paperwork and made us an all veteran, all military nonprofit, and was to create shows of content that honored, supported, and raised awareness for all the needs here at home. Because there's a lot of nonprofits out there. You're frozen again.
1: I know oh, you. you're back. Yeah. Okay. I, got- <laughs> um, that I was just very still.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I know, don't move. <laughs> things and send things and do things, but yeah. there's very few that actually do a lot here on the home front for when they come home. And that um, do it for all veterans of all eras. And what I'm finding now, as this has been going on now since 2004 for us, is that there's over 45,000 registered nonprofits that claim to be doing things for our veterans in the United States. Well, if that was truly the case, and we all collaborated and did this together it'd be a lot further along than we truly are. And it wouldn't matter if we had a decent VA or not, because right. we would all be working together and things would have gotten a lot better. And mm-hmm. since that's not the case, and it's all a bunch of talking points, something's got to get done. And so um, we've, we've tried, everybody said that you're never going to be successful because they're going to paint you red, put you in a political bucket, no matter what you try to do with the television involved, mm-hmm. it's going to always become a political issue. I don't believe, supporting the veterans and supporting our troops and supporting our military families needs to be political. I think we need to take the politics out of it. And with the faith of mustard seed, you can move a mountain. And so I've had that faith of a mustard seed and been trying to move a mountain for years and slowly, but surely the mountain is moving. It's just, um, it seems that the further we get, the further people want to try to make it all about politics again.
1: I think that is true anywhere you go. And even the nonprofit world, is political. Not everybody who has a nonprofit or is involved in a nonprofit wants to collaborate. Sometimes, yeah. you know, th- you and I was very surprised when I ran into this. That was a, a big eye opener for me because I didn't expect to run into resistance. Like I, I don't understand why we don't all network and work together. And you do this, I do this. I'm going to send you this person out there who needs help. I'm going to help you with that. You're going to help me with this. Like I, I don't really understand it. But the nonprofit world is actually really cutthroat. It's run very like dirty. A, it is a dirty, dirty business. Very it is dirty. run like a business. It is political. You're in one minute. You are out the next. You are. Um, and
2: people use you. Yes. And you if, get used um, up and spit by, out. Oh, yes. yeah. And people, people backstab. And I have made millions for so many other nonprofits Uh to the chagrin of our own. I mean, we are so small. I have not taken a paycheck since I started this. American Soldier Network has zero paid staff. We we run solely on volunteers. And I have helped so many other nonprofits, ones that you and I both have been attached to, um, that have used us, that have used our network of people, that have used our goodness of our heart, and that have staff and people that you and I have seen. Start off as volunteers and become staff that are making six figures yeah. while you and I, you being a gold star wife, yeah. myself being a civilian, who don't make a dime, who have gone into financial situations on our own personal side, and yeah. watch other people reap the benefit and claim to be doing it all for the right reasons. And we know it's for other agendas and it makes me sick.
1: It yeah, it is it's very frustrating. Um so what we've done here and what you did long before us was just separate and and move forward and do our own thing so it is good to see somebody like you out there and you touch i mean so many different areas and you do this you do what you do on top of dealing with some very serious issues in your own life you have health issues that would sideline the average person um and you take those health issues and you're like, well, I gotta go deal with this from you know nine to three, and then I'm just gonna go do, what, what everything else. Um, so, you know how you do that is in itself a, a remarkable accomplishment. Um, and Thank I, you. I know you do have you do have some volunteers that live with you, yeah. and you take them. <laughs> And you take them Eddie everywhere, <laughs> Eddie and Hazel. Do. They live with you. They're behaving right now. <laughs> they, they, I'm going to blame them for our poor internet earlier, though. Yes. Um, yeah. So Eddie and Hazel are your two Rhodesian Ridgebacks, and yeah. they have they a are. little bit of a cult following, don't they? People kind of <laughs> <I do>. <laughs> <laughs> they love those sex. And it wasn't
2: ever planned that way. Yeah. They um they're nine year old they're nine year old Rhodesian Ridgebacks, yeah. and they're both about 120 pounds. And they, um, I got them when they were six weeks old and they were just too tiny to leave home. So they started doing visits with me and they turned out to be emotional service animals, which was their walk. I never really planned that. They just started, they had a keen sense about them. And then the more I learned about the Ridgeback breed and found out in the U.S. they're the number one breed for families with children of autism and challenges,
0: it made sense
2: to me that they would have been driven to this. Um. But to see them with our veterans and with our wounded has been, it's been such a joy. And then when I had my brain tumor, of course, and um, one of the things you were referring to, yeah. but um, and went through my own journey of having to learn how to walk all over and talk all over and um, having them here was, they were truly, I know what it's like to depend on a dog and a service dog for that yeah. matter. They, um God spelled backwards is dog. And they do, they, you had your your share of love from yes. four-legged, four-legged fur babies yes, that have brought yeah. through some pretty amazing times and the kids. And um, and seeing our, our heroes transformed by the love of an animal and seeing so many organizations now pop up with service animals to help treat PTS. me being a PTS survivor, um, I was diagnosed with post-traumatic stress syndrome once I was beat up on the airline. Right. And um, back then it was post-traumatic stress syndrome. We fought for years to get rid of the S and then they just changed it to a D for a disorder. It's not a syndrome or a disorder. It's those are diagnoses for insurance purposes. It's a stress and you can get rid of it. It's just, it takes work and it takes commitment and a determination to yeah. heal. So, but, um, yeah, dogs are amazing and the work they do is, is so worth investing in and, um, getting the awareness out there, especially for the families. I mean, they, they serve the whole family, not just the veteran.
1: Yes, they do. So the work you do with American Soldier Network, tell us who specifically. I know, and on the site it says you raise awareness, but raising awareness is a very broad term. You do more than raise awareness. You <laughs> follow, you know, you follow we through, do. and you directly so. So tell us about some of the ways that you actually have actionable well, right now, steps.
2: Right now, well, over the past gosh, since 2004, we've had different projects that we've worked on. And like this year is our 12th year um, doing our swag bags at Christmas. And our swag stands for Showing Warriors America's Gratitude. And we've done at least 500 on the low end, over a thousand some some years that we do swag bags um, for our combat wounded, ill and injured at the Naval Hospital of San Diego and at Camp Pendleton's Wounded Warrior Battalion. Um, and so we stuff bags at Christmas and then each of those bags are Put um, handmade Christmas cards from children across the country. And I said Christmas, yes. Um, Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) But um, children from across the country make handmade Christmas cards of thanks that go in every single bag. So there's a personal note from an appreciative child in each of those bags. And then we have our Hearts for Heroes program, which is similar, but those go to older generation veterans at Valentine's Day. And then we do our shoe drive every year, which we collect um, used shoes throughout the community. And those shoes end up in third world countries that our troops have actually served in and shoe the impoverished. And we raise money per pound by those. And then right now we're tackling um, the suicide epidemic. Right. We found that, um, A, I won't mention the number because the number that you see hashtags it's, and you see yeah, yeah. Yeah. popping up all over, it was never accurate. Number one, that number was um, derived of the study that the VA did back in, I think it was 2010. And it only studied 21 states in the country and they left out California and Texas. And they only did a specific demographic and it was all older veterans. Mm -hmm. So that number that pops up that is two of the same number has never been accurate. And right now we have everybody hashtagging it and naming nonprofits after it and doing pushups after it. And I don't see anybody doing anything to actually combat suicide. So We at American Soldier Network have taken on a huge um, undertaking, and we have launched RuckUp.org, and RuckUp will launch January of 2018. It is a a portal that I am incredibly excited about and incredibly proud of. Um, It's a huge financial undertaking. It's the biggest thing we've ever done, but it is going to serve the entire veteran community and military family community. And it's um it's a three part portal and it has the foxhole in it which we've partnered with IDME and IDME for the veteran community they already are aware of it you have to no. use IDME for the VA for the oh, DoD yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. on Hurley we have IDME and um, IDME you have to go through IDME to get into the foxhole and then you have to be a veteran or a military member to get in the foxhole and the foxhole is a completely secure um, chat space monitored by veterans for veterans and the software inside the foxhole is so specific and and technically savvy that if there's a veteran suffering inside the foxhole um and he is in a crisis mode the software will send a red flag alert to the veteran monitoring team right then and there and they will be able to interact and um and do an intervention with that veteran in that space right then and there so they yeah. can say that vet. a vet can help a vet right then and there and then they have the caregiver corner and the caregiver corner is not safe and secure but it's a place for caregivers across the country caregivers meaning spouses Right. Girlfriend's parents, whomever is caregiving that veteran, whether it be a man or a woman veteran, and let's say a a caregiver in Montana needs to link up with another caregiver in Montana and just say, "Hey, where are you doing? You know, I have a a veteran who needs uh, substance abuse help, needs a VA. We're using this VA and it's horrible. Or right. can you help us navigate? We're new in this." Um, then the caregiver corner is going to be a safe space for them to communicate and connect with other caregivers, and then the other part of the The wrap up is um, everybody's familiar with Angie's list. So we have a section in there The healing happens similar to Angie's list, except it's a categorized by state. And it's all of the for-profit and nonprofit facilities across the country that treat post-traumatic stress, CTE, depression, TBI, alcoholism, and addiction for opioids that specializes in veteran care and has been vetted. So that a caregiver or a veteran or a military member has one stop shop, they have a secure space to connect, they have a caregiving place to connect, and they have a place that they can see all of the other options across the country that are available to them that is not the VA and is not provided by the DOD. So it's a completely safe and secure space for veterans, by veterans, and monitored by veterans and put out there that's vet- vetted.
1: So if somebody, and, and I'm asking this for a reason for myself too. So if somebody has a resource, an organization that they know is valid and, and works and does treat and has, has a success yes.
2: rate, right? just email get... it to us okay. at info at American soldier org So we can have okay. them listed on the site. Yeah. Okay. I have a couple,
1: I have a couple to send to you. Um, and they're, yes. I know them personally and they're phenomenal and they yes. specifically address, um, interrupting that cycle before it leads to suicide. I mean that's their focus. All all of these organizations I have in mind are specifically yeah. focused on that and they have proven track records and results and they're they're excellent. Um, so I I'm gonna I'm gonna get in touch with you. I'm gonna send you those. That's Please great.
2: Please do. We're uh, we're collecting the data now and great. then um we're also getting our intel teams together so that we have veterans across the country that want to go out and visit these places and do continual site visits. Because just because they were once great right. doesn't mean they're going to continue their standard of care. So we're going to have site inspections throughout the length of Ruckout so that we can make sure that our we have a, a list of our standards that we expect these facilities to have. Are they cleanly? Do they know how to talk right. veterans? Do they know how to approach our veteran community? Do the vets you know, feel warm and welcome when they approach? And we want to make sure that our veteran volunteers are going out and visiting these places and making sure that they stay accountable. And then, um, and again, they're for-profit and non-for-profit because not everybody out there is going to be a non-for-profit and not everybody's going to be a for-profit. But sure. that they are. Have you, and then,
1: okay, and, have you thought about sending that out to county veteran services agencies as well?
2: We uh, are. We had to, um, believe it or not, we had to, we've had to do jumpsuits some legal hoops doing this um online bullying has been something we've had to tackle doing this which I never ever anticipated or believed but I've had to conquer that hoop that's part of the expense of this whole thing is the legal team that's had to come behind and right. get into this and then we had to we had bids when we were trying to get this to come from my head and then I have some army rangers that are now in the IT world that when they left the ranger community they went into IT um that traveled across the country and met with the companies that bid on this, we had bids from two hundred thousand dollars on down to create this well, for a small nonprofit like us that's a big chunk a, of money that's a billion dollars so, yeah that, that's yeah. a ton of money, especially yeah. when you don't get paid to, right. to do this um so the company that we partnered with is um surface fifty one out of illinois and um they came through with a a chunk of money in in kind services they um They've met with us. They get it. Um, one of our rangers actually was in the meeting there. In the following week, his um, one of his battle buddies committed suicide while we were negotiating, and it brought it to a whole different level of um, of uh, not. I, I don't want to say buy in, but it, it brought it full circle with that that yes. specific thing. It became more real. And yeah. yeah. And then um, our partnership with ID.me has just been amazing. Um, it's personal. The founder there um, knows our team of rangers that is doing the development with us. And it's like it came full circle. Everybody's been touched by the suicide epidemic. I buried 30 last year five yeah. active duty and I was done. And then that's where the oath came that I choose to live oath. Yeah. So our, we have a three pillar approach to suicide prevention and awareness. One is the I choose to live oath, which we've had 17 saves. And our oath is just the first step. It's getting people the cards in their hand that has the oath on the front. And on the back, it has the suicide awareness hotline. It's getting people to take the oath and to take it on video and hopefully challenge it on their social media and tag their buddies and get everybody to take the oath to live. Because when they took that oath to serve, they were never alone. When they deployed, they were never alone. When they came home, they were alone. And as you know, even if you don't make it home, you you don't come home alone. Someone brings you home. Right. And when they re-enlist, they take that oath again. And I don't know of a veteran out there that doesn't live by that oath today. So our oath starts the very same sentence that they started that oath with when they decided to serve. And then it has basically 10 principles of life. And then um, that's just the first step. That's saying that you're going to stick around. The next step is getting help. And that's when you're going to go to Ruck Up and figure out where your best choice is because. Nobody can tell you what the best choice is for right. you. That's a decision. And um, some decisions, some places you might have to try different. It's like finding a, a family church. You got to go until you find the one that fits yeah, and feels that you're comfortable enough. with. Mm-hmm. And that works. And it's its a process, but you have to commit to do it and to know that life is worth it and your brain health is worth it. And then the third thing that we're doing is we're teaching crisis negotiation management classes. Our first one is this Saturday with the Veterans Day event. And um we figured out that we're doing pretty good in the community doing buddy checks, but nobody has ever trained the veteran or the military community on crisis negotiation management. And if you get in a situation with a buddy that is suicidal, how do you handle that situation? Right. I went to a suicide summit at USC a couple months ago and was sitting in the training and realized I get a lot of these calls with people that are suicidal. And thank goodness nobody has done it on my watch while I was on the phone with them. But I realized I was handling it totally wrong. and. Um, I learned so much in that training and sitting there, it hit me in the face like a, like a semi. It was like, we've never done this as a community and trained each other on how to handle that moment. And now the teen suicide epidemic is striking the country huge. So if we can just do these trainings and train our own veteran community and invite anybody in the community that wants to attend these. And we're bringing in Kevin Briggs, who's known as the guardian of the Golden Gate. Kevin was an um, Army veteran, but then he was a San Francisco police officer who for 30 years was in charge of the Golden Gate Bridge and talking the jumpers off the bridge. And the Golden Gate Bridge is the number one spot in the world for suicide. And his lectures are phenomenal. So we're sponsoring that. We're flying him in and he's going to train our veteran community this Saturday on how to handle crisis negotiation management. And we're hoping that it goes over well and that we can raise enough money to continue these across the country. And um, those are our three pillars of suicide prevention. And we're hoping that it actually is going to start saving lives because Push-ups yeah. are great, yeah. and skippy walks are right. great, and hanging right. out with your buddies and drinking beers are fine,
1: but I, I don't know how those are going to actually save lives on the long term. Yeah, that stuff has to be converted into tangible steps to take and progress to take, and that's uh, that's something that these organizations I'm going to send you, they do that too. I'm very excited. As you say this, I'm like all excited to link these organizations <laughs> up with you. Because they're truly phenomenal. Um, one of them is really sure. taken off and is on his own. The other two are still growing, but growing strongly. And they're, um, they're just well, extraordinary. You, You're going to love them. You've
2: seen I'm actually in brain therapy right now. Yes. There's a doctor who, um, who is in San Diego who was a, um, he was a Navy veteran. And then he went to Purdue and to Notre Dame. And his name is Dr. Kevin Murphy. And he's currently the pediatric oncology head at UCSD. And he um, has created Mindset, and Mindset is curing PTS and TBI with non-invasive, non-medical magnet therapy. And basically, the brain functions on 10 megahertz. So if you think your brain is having all of your sections of your brain working as all different walkie-talkies, and when you've had any kind of trauma or stress or concussions or anything like that, and I've had PTS, I've had six concussions, and I've had two major brain tumors, one which was 10 hours and 45 minutes to remove. So, all my walkie talkies are not working on the same frequency. So, by this magnet therapy, you go in and you sit underneath the magnet with a prescribed amount of frequency, 30 minutes, twice a day, for however long it's going to take, based on your EEGs. They bring your frequency back and it gets all your walkie talkies working together and sync again so that your brain is at a whole optimum 10 frequen- 10 megahertz frequency, and then you're back to healthy again. So, it's like you don't do it without counseling and without your other things if you're right. truly in a depressed state because what it's going to do is it's going to reawaken the parts of your body that have shut down those parts of your brain that have shut down so for a veteran that's been walking around in a medicated zombie mm-hmm. state it'll help him sleep it'll help him get off the meds and it's going to bring him back to life but then when he's brought back to life he's going to look in the rear of your mirror and go whoa What did I just do? And then he's going to have to realize, okay, now that I'm awake and I'm healthy and I'm sleeping good and I'm feeling like a million bucks, now how do I go forward? And then the the reintegration back into civilian life and a healthy, happy, non-demon-filled life is where it really begins. And it's amazing therapy.
1: Wow, that does sound amazing. I'm excited to to track that and see how that goes. There's so much that you just said that I'm definitely going to continue stalking you. I have been stalking you for a long time, but now I'm just going to keep going um, and follow up because you just. You just hit at all the points that need to be hit. I see this on the on the other side as a, you know, as as a military widow, and very grateful, very grateful for the organizations and the events that are set up. But like you spoke about with the military and the veterans needing it, I didn't find that there were many set up to transcend the cocktail hour or the weekend away or whatever. Like nothing was happening to to do anything other than actually almost. Create a mindset where we needed these events to feel fulfilled in our in our new life, right? So, um, rather than be dependent on the events, we needed something to be dependent on ourselves again, right? Yeah, and that's what and on a healthy brain. And yes, yeah.
2: I won't use the term mental health because it's got such a bad stigma, and we have fought so hard for so many years to get a healthy perspective going that it's brain health, and everybody's yeah. brain is different, and the brain is a hugely powerful tool, and. The media does such a disservice to the veteran community and to the mental health industry that we need to start changing that. And we need to stop like, I mean, everybody says fake news, but I'm sorry, there is so much out there that's fake. And we finally have an administration that supports and loves the military community, whether you like him or don't like him as a president. That's your prerogative. But he has done more for the military and veterans community in his short term in office that at the at the VA level itself. It's been tremendous. And we need to, we as a military community, even though I'm not in the community, we need to keep riding that wave of of transition and of transformation and um, make the changes we can while we have a support from an administration that's run by veterans right now.
1: Well, it is it is really important work that you're doing. And it's, it's refreshing to see um, somebody doing this who didn't serve. You know, a lot of people will say, I didn't serve, but this is the way you're serving. You know, this is how, but you know, you don't have to wear the uniform of the country to serve our country and our community. And every single thing that somebody is doing to give back makes an impact. And it's what makes the country continue rolling the way we need it to roll. And what you're doing and taking care of the people who are our own front line um, is really an important, and their families, because their families are a part of, that person too. So the fact that the fact that you incorporate the families in that is, is huge too, and appreciated. And I look forward to seeing everything coming your way. I want to say what I back to your oath, and I keep coming back to this, and this is a good way to wrap it up, because I think this also personifies you, um, (laughs) that one part in in that oath, where you say, I'm gonna count my blessings, and not my battles. Um, I think that is. I think that really just wraps up nicely. Everything that you do, everything that you live, first off, and everything that you do and you help the military and their families do. So, thank you on behalf of a military family. You know, oh no, um, thank you. For doing I mean, it's... what you do and for taking the time to to be with us today. I know you're really busy and you have uh, <laughs> bigger venues, you know, than than us at the moment. But I appreciate it and we look forward oh, no, to getting I the would... story out.
2: You and I have been buddies for a long time, so this was an honor.
1: Yeah, I I can't wait to come meet you in person.
0: All right, there you have it. That wraps up another episode of American Snippets. Thank you so much for joining us on today's show. Uh, We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you got some value out of Annie and her story, please leave us a review. Let us know what you thought. And also let Annie know that you appreciate all the great things she's doing for our veterans. Reviews are how we get found. Uh, reviews are, are how more people discover, you know, the great stories and people that we feature here right on American Snippets. So leave us a review, subscribe, share this with your friends, just share it with one person because um, we feature some amazing stories here that absolutely deserve to be heard. Uh, you can also learn more about Annie and the American Soldier Network, and even uh, donate to their nonprofit by going to AmericanSoldierNetwork.com. dot uh, com. You can also read our full featured article on Annie at AmericanSnippets dot com forward slash uh, zero two four. While you're there, you can. You can also watch the full interview uh, that we did with her as well. Uh, with that being said, we just released our brand new website. So we have a new website up at americansnippets.com. There's something there uh, for everyone, and I would definitely encourage you to check it out. Um, once again, you know we believe the American dream is, is more than a cliche. Uh, it's a calling, and that call can be answered by anyone who is willing to work for it. And as Americans, it's just not our right to pursue our dreams. It's also our duties uh, to help others do the same. So, you know, we're offering a, a free ebook right now um, on how you can double down on your own American dream. And we'll also be giving some, some weekly lessons, some insights, uh, and access to a VIP community that we're currently in the process of creating. So check it out. Head over to americansippets.com. And um, that wraps up today's show. We'll see you next time. Again, we are American Snippets, and we are living, defending, and promoting the American dream. Now go out there and show the world how exceptional you truly are. Take care.